0: ...I was invited to become the Detection Club's first archivist. The only snag was that there were no archives. Although the Detection Club once possessed a minute book, it has not been seen since the Blitz. Even the extensive club library, packed with rare treasures, had been sold off. At the time of writing, there seems little hope of ever recovering all the missing papers. In the absence of one of those lucky breaks, from which fictional detectives so often benefit. But inevitably, the loss of the club's records of its early days sharpened my curiosity. To a lover of detective stories, what more teasing challenge than to solve the mysteries of the people who formed the original Detection Club? I quickly discovered far more puzzles, especially about Christie and other early members of the club, than I expected. I began to question my own assumptions as well as those of critics whose judgments were often based on guesswork and prejudice. My investigation sent me travelling around Britain as I tracked down and interviewed relatives of former detection club members and other witnesses to the curious case of the golden age of murder. Some of the people I talked to joined in with the detective work, and the more I discovered the more I came to believe that the story of the club and its members demanded to be told. I explored remote libraries and dusty second-hand bookshops, and badgered people in Australia, the United States, Japan, and elsewhere in the hunt for answers. Sometimes memories proved maddeningly vague or erroneously definite. Biographies of club members were packed with as many inconsistencies as the testimony of witnesses with something to hide. I met with much kindness and generosity often from those I shall never meet in person. One or two who knew secrets about the detection club did not want to be traced or to recall past traumas, and this I understood. A couple of times I reined in my curiosity when the quest risked becoming intrusive or hurtful. As Poirot recognises at the end of Murder on the Orient Express, sometimes the truth is not the only thing that matters. Exciting breakthroughs spurred me on as when two clues, one in the form of an email address and another discovered on my own bookshelves, led me to identify someone with personal knowledge of the dark side of one of my prime suspects. Luck often played a part, as when I stumbled across Dorothy L. Sayers's personal copy of the transcript of the murder trial described in The Suspicions of Mr. Witcher, with pages of detailed notes in her neat hand, recording her own interpretation of the evidence. Author's inscriptions in rare novels supplied fresh leads, and even an apparent confession by Agatha Christie to crimes unsuspected, not detected. The chance acquisition of a signed book led to my learning of a secret diary written in a unique code. Clues to extraordinary personal secrets were hidden in the writer's work, I sifted through the evidence with an open mind, and as real-life detectives often find, I needed to use my imagination from time to time to fill in the inevitable gaps. Studying the work of two writers over the course of a decade and a half of their lives helped to build a convincing picture of their doomed love affair and to understand a strange relationship that changed their lives but has eluded all previous literary critics and their biographers. Many of the finest Golden Age sleuths sometimes relied on intuition, and what was good enough for Father Brown and Miss Marple was good enough for me. In the end, I uncovered enough of the truth to round up the prime suspects for a suitable denouement in the final chapter. How can one discuss detective stories without giving away the endings? Some reference books contain spoiler alerts, but these can result in a fragmented read I've tried not to give too much away, although in the case of a few books, readers will be able to put the pieces together. My respect for the earliest members of the detection club did not diminish as I spotted flaws in their detectives' reasoning, or chanced upon curious and sometimes embarrassing incidents in their own lives. On the contrary, I came to respect their prowess in skating over thin ice in fiction and in everyday life. They were writing during a dangerous period in our history, years when recovery from the shocking experience of one war became overshadowed by dread of another.